What's up, everyone? Welcome back to NFL Only here on Spark Talk, and today I will be going over my Week 12 predictions for the NFL season. The first game I'll get into is the Texans at the Lions, and this game, since it's a little bit weird because it's Thanksgiving, this game is at 12:30 uh, on CBS. For anybody who's actually wanting to watch that game, I'll, I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, should be an interesting game. Uh, just two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, but it should be a fun game to watch. Uh, I got Houston winning 28 to 24. Uh, Houston is a bottom, or Houston is three and one versus bottom ten pass rushing teams this year. Two wins against uh, Jacksonville, and then the win against New England last week. The only loss came to Tennessee, so they've been pretty solid against uh, pretty poor pass rushing teams. Uh, and that's a lot to do with uh, giving Deshaun Watson time, allowing him to make plays, allowing him to throw the football down the field uh, effectively. And they almost beat Tennessee, too. That game won the overtime. Uh, they're actually up on Tennessee a good amount in that game. Uh, and they let them come back into it. So they, they probably should be 4-0 against uh, bottom 10 pass rushing teams. And Detroit is another bottom 10 pass rushing team. And that just gives Deshaun Watson a lot of time to throw the football to pick apart people's defenses. Uh, he picked apart New England's defense last week. There's no reason he shouldn't pick apart uh, Detroit's defense this week, especially since it's kind of like a uh, worse version of New England's defense because you got uh, Matt Patricia, uh, former defensive coordinator for New England, hasn't been that good as a head coach. So it's just kind of uh, just kind of like a worse version of New England's defense, and I think he's going to pick them apart in this game. Uh and uh, let me see here. So yeah, and I think uh, going on the defensive side for uh, the Texans, I think JJ Watt's going to have a uh, good game this week. Matthew Stafford uh, has been sacked the seventh most times uh, in the lead this year, and I think JJ Watt he had he he came he became JJ Swat again uh, last game. He had four pass deflections, so watch for him to. Uh, have another great game uh, and get to Matthew Stafford and have a couple sacks this game. I think he will. He plays uh, he plays his best when the lights are the brightest, and I think he's going to uh, show up big in this game. Uh, and then Matthew Stafford, I think he'll have a good game. Uh, Tennessee's or Tennessee uh, Texans. The Texans are a weaker defense. They don't have that good of a defense. Uh, and I think uh, Detroit's going to be able to move the ball down the field. Houston's uh, rushing rushing defense is one of the worst uh, in the league. And I think if Detroit can get the ball going with uh, DeAndre Swift, with uh, Adrian Peterson in this game, uh, I think uh, the, te- or the, the Lions could actually pull this game out and to uh, win this game. But I just have faith in Deshaun Watson more than Matthew Stafford, and the Lions are just too inconsistent for me. They're just way too consistent for me to pick this game. Uh, and this game, and I think this game, the biggest thing is, is going to be who has the more explosive offense uh, in this game, and I think Houston does. Uh, and I think that's going to carry them to a win with explosive plays, getting the ball down the field pretty quickly. And uh, just playing solid defense is going to help Houston win this game. So I got Houston winning 28 to 24. So we'll move on to Washington uh, at Dallas. And I got Washington winning 24 to 17. Uh, 
the the biggest question in this game will be how well does uh, Dallas's O line hold up uh, against this really good pass rushing uh, unit for Washington. Uh, I uh, they played really good against uh, Minnesota last week. Uh, I think they only allowed one sack in the game. Uh, didn't allow many pressures, and they played absolutely phenomenal against a pretty solid pass rush in Minnesota. Uh, and Dallas, but Dallas is 0-5 against top 10 uh, sack total teams this year. Uh, and their only win against a top uh, with a team with more than 20 sacks on the year is against the Giants, and they barely won that. They had to. They got lucky with a deep pass down the field to Michael Gallup. That set them up for a uh, chip shot field goal. So the uh, Dallas just doesn't perform well when uh, they have pressure on them. And that Dak was playing that game as well, uh, a lot of that game, and it gave them got them into a position to where they could get that uh, big play at the end. And I just don't see that from Andy Dalton uh, in this game. He didn't play he didn't play well uh, before he got knocked out in the first game against Washington. And I don't think he'll play well in this game as well. Last game, Washington had six sacks on him, eight quarterback hits. Or actually, six sacks and eight quarterback hits on him and Ben Denisi, uh, both of them. Uh, and I think it's going to rack up this week. Andy Dalton's not that mobile of a quarterback. He's kind of mobile, but he's not that mobile. And it, I, don't, I just don't think it's going to be a good game for Dallas. I think this game's going to be low scoring. And it's going to be who can grind grind it out the best in this game. Uh, and then you go to uh, Washington's offense. They've been picking it up here the last three games. They've scored over 20 in all three of those games uh, with with Alex Smith as the quarterback. They was it? They were the Alex Smith took over in the first quarter of the uh, Giants game. Uh, what three weeks ago and. They've been scoring at. They've been very inconsistent in how they score. Like they won't score for the uh, like first half of the game, and then they'll pull up, and then they'll just put up points in the second half. If they can stay consistent throughout the game against a pretty bad defense uh, statistically, I think uh, Washington's going to be able to be able to just edge this game out, especially with how good I think their defense is going to play in this game. And uh, I think that's what it's going to come down to is just the defense of uh, Washington is going to be able to uh, propel them to a win. And I think their offense is going to do just enough. I think 20, uh, 20 points is the mark in this game. I think whoever gets to 20 points first in this game wins the game. And I think Washington's going to do that this week. And they've been clicking a lot better with Alex Smith as well. And I just haven't seen that consistency from... Dallas uh, that I've I, I've least seen from uh, Washington where they're able to put points in the second half of games. So I got Washington pulling this one out 24 to 17. So we'll move on to Baltimore versus Pitt, and I got Pittsburgh winning 31 to 20. Baltimore's offense has been so lackluster these last uh, these last three games. Uh, and I just don't see them really getting much going, especially with J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram out of the game. I just don't see them getting much going at all. Uh, last game, they had 265 yards. Uh, was it 
on 47 carries, 5.6 yards an average uh, against Pittsburgh. So they ran the ball pretty effectively. And I think as, as they're going to be able to do that again this week. But I just don't see Lamar necessarily playing as well as he's been doing. Uh, he threw two interceptions last uh, last game, one for a pick six. The other one set up uh, Pittsburgh for a touchdown. It was the two first scores of the game. And I think they only, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they won 28-24 to in the game. And those were huge those were huge plays by uh, Lamar and his Pittsburgh's defense. And I think they're going to make those plays again uh, in this game. And it's going to be a very physical game. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, and it's it's going to be, I think, it's going to come down to can Baltimore's offense get into a rhythm and, the, and can they get going, uh, especially with the ground game. And we just haven't seen that the last couple of weeks. I think Bill Belichick found a way to stop the running attack. I uh, just put five, uh, just put five DBs on the field, get a nickel package in there, and allow their allow your speed to counteract uh, Lamar's speed. And it's been working very effectively for these defenses against Baltimore. And I see uh, Pittsburgh doing that uh, as well. The one thing I wish Baltimore would do in this game is what New Orleans did last week with Taysom Hill. Is I would like to see them allow Lamar to create, uh, create plays with his, uh, create plays within the passing game. So allow him just to drop back, allow him to be able to scramble, make some plays, allow him to be able to run around the pocket. Uh, find some open receivers and make plays. I think that's where he's the best at, and that's just running the football. So I wish, I wish they'd be able to throw the football more with him and trust him more with his arm. And I just don't see that trust from uh, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson to throw the football in this game. And I think it's going to hurt them because I think Pittsburgh's going to be ready for their run, uh, for their run offense. And I just don't think Baltimore, especially in a short week has changed a lot in their offense uh, because they were doing last week against uh, Tennessee, they were doing really good in like eye formations uh, and I wish they would perform some of that get Lamar under center a little bit more often because it switches things up, it uh, confuses the defense a little bit because he doesn't line up under center a lot and I wish they would just do that more often uh, these eye formations, these single back formations uh, Lamar under center I think that would pay a lot of dividends to getting Lamar uh, going in some of these games uh, because he hasn't done it uh, since the Baltimore game. He hasn't play, performed at least uh, good since the Baltimore game. And going for Pitt here, uh, I would like to see them take a run-first approach. Uh, Baltimore's defense has been banged up this week. They're, Brandon Williams is out again. He's on like the COVID protocol with uh, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. So I would like to see uh, Pittsburgh just run the football and pound the football, play tough physical football, uh, just like New England and Tennessee were able to do in the uh, against Baltimore and just dominate in the run department. And I think uh, Pitt's going to be able to do that, especially with James Conner or Benny Snell. I think they're going to be able to pound the rock in this game. Uh, and also, uh, I would like to see Pittsburgh attack Marcus Peters. Uh, Marcus Peters has not performed 
uh, well at all. He just hasn't performed uh, well at all this year. I think his age is getting is getting to him, and he just he's been beat a lot. And I would like to see them. I'd like to see them uh, be able to uh, just attack him, stay away from Marlon Humphreys, but attack him, use his aggressiveness against him. And uh, one of the things is uh, Baltimore is tied for eighth worst in allowing first downs off of penalties, and Pittsburgh is the fifth best at getting first downs off of penalties. So if they're, I think if they start attacking – uh, Marcus Peters maybe throw the football a couple times against Marlon Humphrey uh, deep to draw some uh, pass interferences to draw some holding penalties. I think that's going to be a way that Pitt's going to move the ball in this game very effectively. It's going to be uh, by Baltimore uh, by drawing penalties against Baltimore in the passing game, getting some uh, pass interferences, getting some holding calls uh, to help them move the ball down the field, especially if the run game doesn't get going. Because I don't really trust uh, Pittsburgh's run game. It hasn't been the best this year. I think they'll be able to get something against Baltimore with how like bad they've been the last couple of games. But I would like to, but I would like to see them if they're going to pass the football a lot, pass the football deep, uh, take some deep shots, and try to draw some penalties uh, on their DBs because they've been getting a lot of uh, they've been giving up a lot of first down on penalties. Uh, Baltimore's defense has so I would like to see that from Pittsburgh. Uh, and, uh, finally, like I said about Pittsburgh, just run the, just run that nickel defense to counteract with Baltimore speed because they seems like they don't have a clue how to counter, how to counter that defense. I think one way would be just to let Lamar drop back and allow him to create in the passing game, whether it be just running around the pocket or scrambling, but they seem, they seem like they haven't been able to. Uh, counteract the uh, the nickel packages that teams have been putting on them uh, in their running game, and I think Pittsburgh's going to do it in this game, and I think it's going to absolutely kill Baltimore's offense. So I got Pittsburgh winning thirty-one to uh, I got Pittsburgh winning thirty-one to twenty. So we'll move on to the next game, the first Sunday game. It's uh, the Raiders at the Falcons. And uh, uh, sorry for, I know I've been sounding kind of nasally here. Uh, I get really bad allergies in the winter, so I apologize for uh, sound, sounding uh, like nasally or congested. So sorry about that uh, for the remainder of the podcast. I forgot to mention that the first part. Uh, and it started, and it just started like the build up. So I'm, I'm sorry if I sound nasally like I've been doing throughout the podcast. So I'm just uh, sorry about that. And that heads up like later on in the podcast because it might it might get worse. Sorry, getting a drink there. I had some coffee. So, move on to the Raiders uh, at the Falcons, and I got the Raiders winning thirty-eight to twenty-seven. Uh, what we saw from the Raiders' uh, offense last week is. Uh, I think we're going to see even a better performance from them this week against Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's allowed the second most passing yards per game, and teams can run on them. Uh, Atlanta's not the best running defense. They're they're around like the middle of the pack. They have their good moments and their bad moments. Uh, it really just depends on which side you're running to. If you're running the Grady Jarrett side or uh, or not, 
and I think that's how you run against uh, Atlanta. It's just to not run toward his side and to avoid him at all costs in the running game. And I think uh, the Raiders are going to do that in this game. They're going to be able to throw the ball all over Atlanta. And Derek Carr just looks so good in this offense. He's just been so, like, so good. I think he's going to have one of his best games of the year against a very weak passing defense. And I don't know if Atlanta's going to be able to keep up. Uh, and, but I do think Matt Ryan's going to have a good game as well. Uh, a lot of, uh, the Raiders have allowed the fifth most passing yards per game this year. Uh, but the thing is with uh, with the Raiders is they've, uh, they're top 10 in defensive completion percentage. So they don't allow a high completion percentage at all. And Atlanta allows a uh, allows a high completion percentage. They're a bottom ten uh, defensive completion percentage team. So, like I think that's going to pay dividends because I think uh, the Raiders are going to be able to break up a couple passes, be able to play a little bit tighter defense, be, maybe force a three and out, maybe force a couple more punts than the Falcons are going to be able to do to the Raiders. And we've seen what, what the Raiders can do. They can throw the football down the field. Uh, and they can dink and dunk it. So this high completion percentage isn't probably going to work because you get Darren Waller in the open field, you get Henry Ruggs in the open field, uh, Nelson Aguilar even. It's it's hard to tackle those guys, and they're, they've they been able to pick up a lot of first downs, uh, especially off of dink and dunks. So I just think that's going to be the difference in this game for the Raiders is I think their, their secondary is going to play a lot better than Atlanta's secondary. And... It's going to, and I think it's going to, it's going to be the difference in the game as well. Both bat, both pass rushing teams are pretty bad. Uh, they're both bottom in the league in sacks. So, like I said, both quarterbacks are going to be able to throw the football, have some really good games. This game might go up into the uh, 40s, uh, like they did last time. I think it was uh, 2016 they played. Yeah, 2016. Uh, the Raiders. I think the Raiders' last playoff appearance, where the Raiders. I think one they went for two. Oh, never mind, that was against uh, New Orleans, but New Orleans was. I think their defense was just as bad as what uh, Atlanta's was right now at the time. And I think we could see a very similar game if everybody remembers. That, I think it was the Week One game, the Raiders versus the Saints, and the uh, was the Raiders went for two uh, at the end of the game. They scored a touchdown, and then they went for two and won. I think forty-three to forty-two. And uh, I think that could be a very similar game where it's just a high-scoring game. Uh, not a lot of defensive uh, plays in this game. I think if, if somebody's going to make a defensive play, it's going to be on the Raiders' side with either Jonathan Abrams or uh, Max Crosby. He's going to get a key sack in a, situa- in a key situation. So I just trust the Raiders a lot more than I do Atlanta, and I got the Raiders winning 38-27. to So we'll move on to the Chargers at... Uh, the Bills. I gotta. My bad. Let me. Well, I'm trying to get a drink real quick. I like a. Yeah, I like a hair on my drink for some reason. So I got Buffalo winning, thirty-five to twenty-eight. Buffalo is four and one against bottom ten pass rushing teams this year. Uh, only loss is to Tennessee. Uh, the like, uh, and Tennessee seems to be the common denominator against bad uh, against uh, when you have a bad pass rushing team or when you're facing one, uh, they seem to seem seem to be the only team that people can beat. Uh, 
And I, the Chargers have a bottom 10-1. They have Joey Bosa. They have Ellen Ingram. But both of them have been injured and banged up at different points in the year. And they just haven't been effective uh, rushing the passer at all. The Chargers have as a team collectively. And that's going to kill them in this game. Uh, they uh, The Chargers also allow the... Uh, allow the 12, oh, my bad, they are good, actually, they're good in the secondary, that's the thing, they're actually pretty solid in the secondary, uh, they have the third best, uh, defensive completion percentage, they allow the 12th least amount of yards through the air, but I just think the lack of pass rush is going to kill them in this game, and Josh Allen has been really good, uh, when he's able to get some time, when he's able to read the defenses, go through his third and fourth reads, I think he's been very effective like that, throwing the football. And I just, I, and I just don't see the Chargers really overcoming uh, their lack of a pass rush in this game. Uh, especially if Joey Bosa or Melvin Ingram don't play. Uh, I can well, I can check that real quick, actually. If they're going to play if my computer starts to work. Uh, let me see here real quick. I think I'm pretty sure at least one of them's going to play in this game. Like they've just been banged up. It's hard to keep track of the Chargers with how many injuries they have. Oh, so both of them are playing today, are 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 actually not in the injury report. So they might actually get a pass rush on. Uh, trying to think on uh, Josh Allen this week might get a good enough one to. Maybe make a difference, but I don't think it. I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference uh, because Buffalo defense is very similar uh, in a sense, or not similar, but kind of like the opposite, where they allow a uh, they allow a lot of yards in the air. They're uh, uh, and they allow a high completion percentage, uh, but they're really good in sacks. They're eight. They they have the eighth most sacks uh, in the league. And that's going to pay, I think, big dividends. I think they're going to be able to get to uh, Justin Herbert in this game more than the Chargers are going to get to Josh Allen in this game. And that's going to be the big difference because getting behind the stakes in a game like this uh, could be the different uh, could be the difference between winning and losing, uh, depending on how many times you get behind the sticks. And I think the and I think the Bills are going to put the Chargers behind the stakes more than the Chargers are going to put the Bills behind the stakes. In this game, also I'd like to see from the Chargers. I know Austin Eckler, I think it's supposed to be back in this game, or let me see, or he's very he's he's uh, supposed to return here soon at least. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's supposed to return here soon. Uh, let me see. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know I don't know if he's supposed to return here soon or what, but there's been a lot of stuff here with Austin Eckler, but. Uh, I would like to see the Chargers run the football more. They ran it pretty effectively against Miami with uh, Kenyon uh, with Kenyon Bulage, uh the former Miami Dolphin running back. I think he went to Arizona State, if I'm not mistaken. So I would like to see them or Kalen Bulage, my bad. And I would like to see them run the football against Buffalo's really poor uh, run defense uh, and set up some play action plays with uh, Justin Herbert. And allow him to take shots off of the run game. Buffalo is. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. There are uh, yeah. They're, so they're fifth worst against the run this year. Buffalo has been. So the Chargers could upset them. That's the thing. That's the reason I have the score thirty-five to twenty-eight for Buffalo. I think the Chargers could easily win thirty-five to twenty-eight 
in this game, especially if they run the football, they're able to move the ball through the ground and that slowly through the air with Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers have a good shot at winning this. But I just like Buffalo. They're a little bit more talented of a team. Uh, the Chargers haven't proved me they can win against uh, playoff teams, and I don't think and I don't think they've learned how to win yet. It, where Buffalo has learned how to win with Josh Allen, and I think that's going to be the difference in the game. Is I think the experience for Buffalo and the inexperience of the Chargers and Justin Herbert. So I got Buffalo winning thirty-five to twenty-eight. So we'll move on to. Uh, the Giants at the Bengals. And I got the Giants winning 34 to 10. Uh the I just don't I just don't see Cincinnati doing much in this game. The Giants uh pass rush has been really good this year. They're 11th best in the league. Uh Cincinnati has allowed the second most sacks in the league, so that's just not a good combination if you're a Cincinnati fan. Uh, and, and and if you're a Cincinnati fan, you probably you probably just want to lose anyway. They get a high draft pick, they get an offensive lineman to protect Joe Burrow, whether it be 2021 or 2022. And I just don't see a lot from Ryan Finley in this game, especially with that disparity where you have a you have almost a top ten pass rushing team, or basically a top ten pass rushing team, uh, and you have the team that's left the second most sacks in the league. That's not a good combination. And Ryan Finley's going to get hit a lot in this game. We might see a Brandon Allen signing. If anybody remembers Brandon Allen, he uh, took over Denver's starting spot, I think, midway through last year uh, before Drew Locke uh, was healthy because he was Drew Locke was on IR for half of the season. And Brandon Allen took over, won a game or two with Denver, and then he started playing really bad, and then they put Drew Locke in the game. So... Uh, we might see a Brandon Allen siding, uh, maybe in the second half of this game. But uh, going back to Cincinnati, Cincinnati has a bottom five pass rush, a bottom five pass rush. So Daniel Jones should be clean throughout the ball game, uh, more than usual. And Cincinnati also has a bottom ten passing defense. Uh, so watch for the Giants to continue their quick passing game, their quick, uh, their quick short passes, their creative offense. They've been doing so well. Uh, since the first Washington game, and ever since that, they've been on like a five-game stretch where their offense has just been booming here lately. And it's been fun to watch this offense. This offense is different than a lot of other offenses. Like I know there's still the similar thing. You get these short, quick passes. You get the you get these run plays. But their offense just seems it just feels a little bit different than these other offenses uh, in the league. And I want to see them continue that the short, quick passes. I think he's going to be able to, Daniel Jones is going to be able to get a couple more deep shots than he usually does in this game, especially with Cincinnati's poor pass rush. And also, I would like to see uh, them also utilize Daniel Jones more in the run game still, allow him to be that second running option for the Giants uh, behind their uh, whoever's playing at running back uh, during the play. And just allow him to pull pull some read options, allow him to have some design run plays. Cincinnati is the second worst run defense in the league. So I think the Giants can be able to pick up a good solid win here. Uh get a dominant win and get a confidence boosting win. Especially when they go into the harder part of their schedule where they got uh I think they got they got Dallas one more time. They got let me see. Yeah, yeah. So they got Seattle, they got Arizona, they got Cleveland, they got Baltimore, and then they got Dallas. Those were their last five games after this. 
So they're going to be in a hard stretch in a confidence-boosting win against uh, against um, Cincinnati. I think it's going to go a long way because I think they could pull off an upset against Seattle. They could pull off an upset against Arizona. They could definitely pull off an upset against Cleveland. And they definitely can beat Dallas. So I think that, honestly, I think the six-win mark is what you're shooting for in the NFC East right now. And I think the first team to get there will get the division. And I think the Giants are the best team in the division at the moment. And I think they have the best shot at getting it because I think they're going to be able to pull off some upsets uh, going on uh, for the remainder of the season, especially against like Arizona or Cleveland. So we'll move on to the next game. It'll be Tennessee at Indianapolis. And I got Indianapolis winning 35-28. to uh, Sorry, if I, I think I forgot to mention. Yeah, I guess the Giants winning 34-10. to uh, I usually ra- I usually wrap it up with the score just in case I accidentally say it wrong on the first uh, the first time around. So I got Indianapolis. So next game is Tennessee versus Indianapolis, and Indianapolis winning thirty five to twenty eight. Uh, I just like how Indianapolis matches up against Tennessee. Tennessee is one of the worst pass rushing teams uh, in the league, and obviously Indianapolis has the best one of the best offensive lines in the league. They're uh, tied for least amount of sacks in the league. Allowed. It's tied with uh, Pittsburgh, so both of them have been been able to protect their really non-mobile, uh, older veteran quarterbacks this year, and it's paid off really well for both of them. Braden Smith is listed questionable this week, and having him back on that right side of the offensive line at right tackle is going to make this offense even better this week. Because uh, we've seen what happened last week with the holding calls and everything at the end of the Green Bay game, and that stuff isn't going to happen with uh, Braden Smith in there. And I just think it's going to make this uh, Colts offense just that's, that much better. And if Indianapolis can get the run game going, uh, Tennessee has the 12th worst run defense in the league. If Indianapolis can get the run game going, uh, like they did in the first game, with especially with Naheem Hines, where he picked up almost like 6 yards, 7 yards of carry uh, on runs, if they're able to do that, uh, I think it's going to be another long game for Tennessee. I think uh, Indianapolis is going to be able to chew the clock out and play smart football. And hopefully I, hopefully Jonathan Taylor can get going in this one. He got going in the Green Bay game last week. And if he gets going in this one and, and then you add Naheem Hines to that, it, this could be a long game for Tennessee, especially on defense. Uh, and also Tennessee has the sixth worst passing defense, uh, which doesn't... Uh, which doesn't go well uh, with their, obviously, their terrible pass rush. I've been talking about their pass rush all year. Their pass rush has been absolutely awful, and I think it's going to lose them a playoff game, maybe against uh, uh, maybe against uh, Kansas City. Uh, I just don't think, it's just not a good combination, and it kind of lost in the game against uh, the Colts because Phil Rivers just sat back there uh, Thursday night two weeks ago and just picked apart Tennessee's, uh, defense because he he had no pressure on him. He only got sacked once in the game, uh, and that's just not a recipe for success. The one thing Tennessee's been really good off of is creating turnovers. When they're able to create a turnover, they're able to win games. And when they're not really able to create turnovers, they they don't really win the games uh, because their defense is just not that good. Uh, the only thing their defense is really good at is creating turnovers. So, if Tennessee needs to create turnovers if they have a shot at winning this game. 
Uh, and then on Tennessee's uh, side of the offense, I just want them to see have Derrick Henry be the focal point uh, of this offense. In the first game against Indianapolis, he had 19 carry or my bad. Uh, yeah, he only had 19 carries of the team's 32 carries. And he still got 103 yards on 5.4 yards a carry. Just get him 24-25 carries in the game. Just make him the focal point of the offense. And then play the passing game off of him. You don't really, I don't think you need a passing game against Indianapolis to beat them when you have Derrick Henry. And that goes for any team with Tennessee. You don't really need Ryan Tannehill to beat some of these teams. You just need Derrick Henry to beat the teams. And he did that against Baltimore. He did it. Uh, he almost did it against uh, Indianapolis, and they completely butchered the game uh, in that one. Uh, they, he did it against uh, Buffalo. Uh, he's been doing it th- throughout this whole year. He needs to, like, they need to make him the focal point of the offense if they actually want to win this game. Uh, and also. If they're going to pass it a good amount, they're going to pass it over 30 times, just play it off the run game like they did on the uh, first drive uh, of the first game of the coach where they drove on the field and scored a touchdown. They did it all. Bootlegs is all play actions. They played off the run game. They worked off of their run game with Derrick Henry, and they created a lot in their passing game. That's that's where, that's where uh, Tennessee's been most effective is working off that run game, and they need to do it. Uh, this week against uh, Indianapolis if they actually want to win this game. But all in all, I just think uh, Indianapolis just matches up well with Tennessee. And I think Phillip Rivers is going to have a really good game again this week against Tennessee. And I think their de- uh, Indianapolis defense is going to be able to make them one-dimensional because they made them one-dimensional uh, last game against uh, uh, last game against Tennessee where they forced them to run the football way too much in that game with other players rather than Derrick Henry and it killed and it killed Tennessee. So if they're able to do that and able to wear down Derrick Henry and get and get Tennessee behind the sticks. Uh which they did a lot in the third and the second half of the game. I think uh Indianapolis is gonna pull this one out and I just like I just like uh Indianapolis's matchup this week. Especially if this game's gonna go high scoring. I just think the pocket uh that Philip Rivers is going to sit in is going to be more consistent than the pocket Ryan Tannehill is going to sit in, or Derrick Henry is going to try to run through with his offensive line. Uh, it's just not it's just not as effective as the Colts' offensive line, and I think Colts will be able to put up at least a couple more points than Tennessee. So I got Indianapolis winning thirty-five to twenty-eight. So we'll move on to uh, Carolina at Minnesota. I got Minnesota winning 31 to 28. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook's gonna have another great, great week this week. Carolina is the tied for the sixth worst running defense in the league, and Carolina just plays right into Minnesota's strengths. Uh, Carolina is the bottom is bottom ten in sacks, uh, which will allow Kirk Cousins to throw all over them in this game. Even with dropbacks, he'll be able to throw all over them in this game, and it just won't. And he just won't have that pressure. Uh, on him to actually make him play bad. Uh, and I think Minnesota's going to be able to slow the football down and allow Carolina to get very few possessions in this game. Because, you like, especially with Minnesota's bad uh, uh, bottom five passing defense, Carolina, whoever's starting Teddy B or, Pre- or 
PJ Walker. Uh, sorry if you hear something upstairs. Uh, my mom's getting ready for like uh, Thanksgiving and stuff, so sorry if you hear like a l- little bit of movement upstairs. But uh, but uh, yeah, I right, going back to the game. We can't get off track there. So uh, if it, dep- it doesn't matter who's starting for Carolina, they're, if they're going to be th- if Minnesota's going to give them a lot of possessions, I think Carolina's going to score on them. Uh, I think Minnesota has to limit. Carolina's possessions, uh, limit their passing offense, and I think uh, Minnesota's going to win win the game. I think they're going to do that. Uh, Carolina's defense plays right into the strengths with uh, Minnesota. Minnesota's going to be able to chew the clock with a really good run game with Dalvin Cook, uh, and they they have a very weak uh, pass rushing team too. The only one that gets consistent pass rush is Brian Burns, uh, and it's going to create a lot of stuff for. Uh, Minnesota's offense to where they can chew clock, limit possessions for Carolina in this game, and I think that's how uh, Minnesota's going to come out with the win here against Carolina. So I got Minnesota winning 31-28. So we'll move on to Arizona at New England. And I got New England winning 23-20. I got an upset here. Uh, New England, I think we'll be able to get back to their winning ways uh, due to Bill Belichick's running schemes to stop Kyler Murray and Josh McDaniels getting back to what was working before the Houston game. All right, Arizona is tied for six worst, uh, six worst run defense in the league. New England's going to be able to pound the rock against them. All right, they're going to be able to chew the clock. They're going to be able to minimize possessions like they did in the Baltimore game against uh, uh, against Lamar. They're going to take him off the field. And it's going to it's going to mess with them. It's going to mess with Kyler Murray just not being on the field a, a whole lot. And I think uh, New Orleans is going to be able to do that very effectively in this game. Also, Arizona is one of the most penalized teams in the league, or actually the most penalized team in the league. And if they're going to get behind the sticks on the, against the Bill Belichick defense, that's not always going to go well for you. And also, if you're going to give Bill Belichick first downs, that's not going to get that's not going to go well for you either. Uh, and it's just, I don't, I just like the matchup for uh, New England this one. I think their their running offense has been very effective here. It was very effective last game against Houston. They just decided not to stick with it and decided to pass it a, a whole lot. So if they're if New England is able to minimize their uh, uh, passing game and is able to pound the rock, get the ball going, run it at least thirty times in the game. I think uh, New England's going to win this game. I think it's going to be an upset here. Uh, also, Baltimore, or not Baltimore, uh, New England's defense, uh, run defense has been very good. It was actually one of the bottoms in the league uh, until the last couple of games. Uh, uh, New England's run defense allowed 3.6 yards to carry against the Jets. That's not saying a whole lot. But then against Baltimore, uh, they allowed Baltimore's running backs 3.5 yards to carry. That's not including Lamar Jackson. Uh, because a lot of scrambles in there with Lamar that actually boost his uh, yards per carry. So with uh, Baltimore's running backs, they allowed 3.5 yards a carry. And then with Houston's running backs, they allowed 1.4 yards a carry. So New England's run defense has been getting better each week. And they're gonna sh- I think they're going to shut down Arizona's run offense or their running backs and just force Arizona to be one-dimensional and to throw into their really good secondary. And I don't, and I don't see that going well, especially with a young Kyler Murray at the moment. 
I just don't see that going well for Arizona. So I just I just like uh, I just like uh, Arizona or New England in this game. I think Arizona can win this game with the lack of pass rush from New England. But if New England keeps contained on him, like uh, Seattle did last week, I don't see him doing a whole lot. And if Josh McDaniels gets too pass happy, that's a thing. That's another way Arizona gets to win this game. But uh, New England, New England, I just think they match up well. They're going to be able to run the football. They're going to be able to scheme, uh, scheme a uh, great defense up against uh, Kyler Murray, and they're going to stop this physical run game, make Arizona one-dimensional, and they're going to have to throw against this really tough secondary of New England. So I got New England winning 23 to 20. So we'll move on to Miami versus the Jets. Okay, I keep this one short and sweet. Uh, I got Miami winning 28 to 21. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think. Uh, I get the. I think the Jets are going to be able to run all over Miami, just like Denver did last week. Denver had 189 yards rushing on 5.7 yards of carry, and the Jets were very successful in the first game. They had 115 yards on 5.2 yards of carry. So I think the Jets, if they rely on the run game, they can actually maybe pull this one out. Uh, because they, I think they passed it over 30, 40 times in the first game against the Dolphins, and they don't need to do that. If they are able to run the football against the Dolphins and kind of just chew clock and keep minimum possessions, I think the Jets can pull this one out. But I just don't see it happening. I think the Jets are going to find a way to lose this one, lose this game. If the, if the Jets were like three, uh, three and seven, or two and eight, I actually might pick the Jets for an upset. But what where they are right now in the season, I just don't see them winning. I think they're just trying to tank, go 0-16, get a quarter, get Trevor Lawrence. I just I just see that from the Jets, and I think Miami's trying to make it to the playoffs. I just don't see a whole lot. I think the Jets are going to lose themselves the game. I think Tua will have a bounce back week, though the Jets uh, don't have a very good uh, very good pass defense at all. They're one of the worst in the league. And I think Tua's going to have a really good game against them this week. And I think that's going to be another big difference in the game. So I got Miami winning 28-21. to So we'll move on to Cleveland at Jacksonville. So yeah, yeah, get that right. I got Miami winning. I don't have the Jets winning. I was talking a lot about the Jets. But I got Miami winning 28-21, to just in case somebody got confused there. So we'll move on to Cleveland at Jacksonville. There's another game I want to keep uh, short and sweet. Uh, I got Cleveland winning 17-6. I think it doesn't matter whoever starts for Jacksonville, whether it be Gardner Minshew, whether it be Jake Lutton. uh, It doesn't matter uh, who's going to start for him. Uh, I think they're going to get absolutely killed back there. Cleveland's defense is a top-10 run defense, and they're also top-10 in sacks. Uh, And they picked up uh, five sacks last week against uh, Philadelphia. Jacksonville... It allows uh, is a bottom team uh, has allowed the six most sacks in the league, so protection is going to be a big deal for Jacksonville this week. Uh, whether going whether whether going to be able to put up points or not put up points, and I think it's going to struggle this week even without Miles Garrett. Uh, Cleveland, like I said, Cleveland picked up five sacks last week without Miles Garrett. They're going to be able to do it this week against uh, Jacksonville, another poor uh, pass protection team. And I just and Jacksonville's strength on offense is running the football. They're a top ten team in running the football, but they're going up against a very good run defense. 
And I just don't see that working well for Jacksonville. I don't see them putting up a lot of points in this game. And I just don't see a whole lot from him. I think Baker Mayfield's going to have a solid game uh, if they're able to protect him. Uh, Jacksonville has one of the worst pa- – she has the worst pass rushing team in the league uh, or is the worst pass, uh, pass rushing team in the league. And I think Baker, May- Baker Mayfield's going to have time to throw in this game. He's going to be able to go through his reads and have a clean pocket. And I think that's going to bode well for Cleveland. Maybe hopefully get his confidence up, especially when they have uh, – I think they have Tennessee coming up here. If I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah, they have Tennessee next week. So Cleveland, if they're if they're able to build up, uh, Baker Mayfield's confidence going into that Tennessee game, and Tennessee's not been that good against uh, uh, it's not been that good against the pass either. So uh, I think Baker Mayfield, if they're able to get his confidence up this week, this game's important. This is a confidence building game for Baker Mayfield. If he's able to, if they're able to build his confidence, and uh, get him into next week with a high confidence, with a high motor. I think uh, Cleveland's gonna be able to pull, uh, maybe be able to pull out that Tennessee game. But for this week, I just think they match up well with uh, Jacksonville. The only thing Jacksonville does well is run the football. Cleveland's a top ten run defense in the league. They're gonna be able to shut that down. So I think it's gonna be a low scoring game, but Cleveland's gonna pull it out. It's gonna be like a low scoring blowout. So I got uh, Cleveland winning seventeen. To six, so we'll move on to New Orleans at Denver, and I got New Orleans winning thirty-one to seventeen. Uh, New Orleans defense is going to be the story of this game again, like it was last week. Uh, they're going to be able to get pressure on Drew Locke. Uh, New Orleans it has the third most sacks in the league. Where Denver, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. If I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah, but yeah, Denver is one of the worst teams at giving up sacks. They gave up a lot of sacks in this game. I think I want to say they're like maybe 12th or 13th in uh, sacks allowed this year, and that's not going to bode well for <clears throat> uh, for New, I guess the New Orleans pass rush that's been very good this year, top top three in the league. And Drew Locke's going to get hit a lot. He's going to get pressure a lot, and I think he's going to turn the football over a lot. Uh, D, uh, Denver leads the NFL in giveaways, and that's going to be a huge difference in this game. It's going to be a huge difference in this game as well. Also, uh, what Denver was able to do last week uh, against Miami, run the football uh, very effectively. They're not going to be able to do that this week against New Orleans. New Orleans has the second best uh, run defense in the league, and that's just not going to go well with them. That's not going to propel them to a win. They're going to have to throw the football against this New Orleans defense, and when you're when you're forced to throw the football against this New Orleans defense, it's, and they're they're going to get pressure on you, they're going to sack you, and they're going to get some turnovers on you. And that's what I see happening with Denver's offense. <clears throat> and going on to New Orleans' offense, uh, I think they're going to have a similar game plan like last week. Try to get Taysom Hill into a rhythm with some short, quick passes to Michael Thomas, maybe some screens for Alvin Kamara or Latavius Murray. And then, uh, and then later in the game, allow him to take some deep shots to get him more comfortable, get him into a rhythm. Because we don't know when Drew Brees is going to be back. We don't know. And just to get Taysom Hill into a rhythm, to get him uh, going, get his confidence built up. Confidence is a big thing for quarterbacks. Uh, we've seen when confidence is shot with quarterbacks, they don't perform well that often. And just to build somebody's confidence up, to build 
Taysom Hill's confidence up with some short, uh, quick passes to get the ball moving, get them, get him into a rhythm, and take some deep shots uh, like they did last week. I think it's going to pay uh, dividends for New Orleans' offense this week. Uh, Denver is a middle-of-the-pack running defense, so I think uh, New Orleans is going to be able to focus on the ground game a little bit more and not put and kind of take the pressure off of Taysom Hill this week, uh, especially against uh, Denver. They have a very good pass rush. They're top 10 in sacks. Uh, and they have a pretty solid uh, passing defense, but their run defense has been pretty uh, lackluster. And if New Orleans can get the ball running, take some pressure off of Taysom Hill, it just might make it an easier win for New Orleans, in my opinion. So I got New Orleans winning 31-17. to So we'll move on to San Francisco at the Rams. And I got the uh, Rams winning 27-17. to uh, And... The last, uh, so the I so the last two teams, uh, last uh, the last time these two teams played, uh, San Francisco dominated the game throughout the whole game. It was it was just a dominating performance on Sunday Night Football. And but you look at that, uh, but you look at the team then from now, they're missing their quarterback, their tight end. Obviously, everybody knows who the tight end is. It's George Kittle, the I think the best tight end in the league. And then you have. And then they're missing their first two running backs. They're missing half their wide receiving core. And they're missing a lot of starters and a lot of rotational guys on defense. And don't forget about Nate Bosa and Solomon, uh, Solomon Thomas being out. Uh, they're two best pass rushers for uh, San Francisco. And it's made it to where San Francisco's not, the, not that good of a pass rushing team this year. And just the injury, injuries have been piling up for San Francisco and it's just not going to be a good game against them. It's just not it's just not. Uh sorry if you hear a dog barking. I don't know what my dog's doing. Uh he's barking. But uh so uh yeah, but just so many starters, so many they have five starters out this week. They have 10 backups all on the injury report. It's just not a good combination when you especially when you're facing a team like the Rams coming off some big wins against Seattle and then against Tampa. The Rams have been on a roll here these last two games coming off their bye week. And they're facing that team like San Francisco who's just banged up, don't, doesn't have a lot of confidence in their team going forward the rest of the season. It's just not going to go well for them. Uh, and then also you got Trent Williams uh, testing positive for COVID. I don't know if that's a false positive or whatever. Uh, so I guess we'll see. We'll, kind of, we'll see it throughout the week. Uh, and see how that one develops uh, in the game. But the, uh, San Francisco's allowed the 13th most sacks in the league. So not having him in there this week, potentially, against Rams, uh, they're they're tied with New Orleans. They're the third, tied for third best, uh, third best in sacks this year. They're just going to get pressure on Nick Mullins. It's not going to be a good game for Nick Mullins at all. And the Rams are just going to just dominate on defense, put up some points on offense, uh, San Francisco defense has been pretty solid this year, barring the injuries. Just imagine if they don't have injuries this year, they'd be phenomenal uh, on defense. But uh, the injuries are there, and I just don't see a lot coming from uh, San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco's offense against this Rams defense, and I think the Rams offense gonna be able to put up some points against uh, San Francisco's defense. So I got I got the Rams. Uh, winning 27, I got the Rams winning 27 to 17 
due to San Francisco's injuries. And I'm going to take a break here for these last three games. And uh, so I don't go over like the 60-minute mark uh, and it just stops on me. So I'm going to take a break real quick and then come back and start with the Chiefs at the Buccaneers. What's up, everyone? And I'm back. I got Kansas, uh, We're going to start with the Kansas City and Tampa Bay game. I got Kansas City winning 49-42. to uh, This game's going to be really high scoring. Uh, Kansas City uh, has been uh, okay getting to the quarterback this year, but not as well as these other teams have been to affect Tom Brady enough. Tom Brady's going to have a really good performance in this game, uh, especially against the weak secondary of Kansas City. And obviously, Pat Mahomes... Uh, is going to do well this week. He's Pat Mahomes. He's going to get he's going to, going to get the ball off a lot. Andy Reid's going to is going to be the difference. Uh, I think Andy Reid's going to be the difference in this game. Uh, his ability to design plays. I think he's the best in NFL history at designing plays, getting people open. Uh, I think he's the best in NFL history at that. The one thing that concerns me with Kansas City uh, is their offensive line against Tampa Bay's pass rush. Their Tampa Bay's pass rush is the fifth best in the league. Uh, and that's that scares me a little bit. We've seen Pat Mahomes kind of struggle at times with the with uh, pressure on him, but he's actually I think he's undefeated against uh, uh yeah he's undefeated against uh, teams with a top ten pass rush. So I think he's going to be able to handle Tampa Bay's pass rush well or well enough to where they're able to push the ball down the field and outscore Tampa Bay. Uh, and if Tampa Bay can stop the run. And going to Tampa Bay here, if they're able to stop the run, Tampa Bay is the best run defense in the league. If they're able to stop Kansas City's run defense and make Kansas City one-dimensional and allow their pass rush to pin back and go after Pat Mahomes, uh, it's going to be a long day for Kansas City. It's going to be a long day for them. Uh, it's just not going to go well with them. It's not, it's not going to be a good game for uh, Kansas City at all. And, uh, well, not a good game, but I just don't think they're going to be able to be as effective on offense if you may, if Tampa Bay makes them one-dimensional. Like, Pat Mahomes can't do everything by himself. And especially with the pass rush that uh, Tampa Bay has and the amount of pressure they can put on people, it's going, it's, it's going to get to him at some point. But I just think the difference in this game is going to be Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid's going to call some quick passes, get the ball out of Pat Mahomes', Pat Mahomes hand quickly, Especially if their run game doesn't get going in this one, which we haven't seen any run game get going against Tampa Bay this year, so uh, so just look for like some quick uh, so some like uh, especially to get the run game going for Kansas City, just look for some quick jet sweeps, look for some motions, look for some like trickery to get this run game going uh, against Tampa Bay, but. Andy Reid's their difference in this game. I think Andy Reid's play calling, his play designs, will win Kansas City the game. It will get people open. It will get people in the end zone, and it's just all—it's just going to be the difference uh, in this game for uh, Kansas City, where they're—I think they're going to be able to outscore Tampa Bay in this game. I think Pat Mahomes is going to have the ball less. It's going to be 42-42. He's going to go down and score a touchdown at the end of the game like he did last week against the against Las Vegas. So I got Kansas City uh, pull, pulling out a probably a very fun game to watch against Tampa Bay. I got them pulling it out 49-42. So we'll move on to Sunday Night Football, my Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. 
and what do I have to say about this one? Uh, Green Bay, I got Green Bay winning twenty-four to nineteen. Uh, Chicago's defense will play will play Aaron Rodgers stuff in this game. They will. Uh, they will give their offense chances to win this game, whether it be Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles at quarterback. But I just don't trust either of them. I really don't. I don't trust either of them against Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to pull up just enough to win this game. The Bears' defense has been phenomenal this year. They've been absolutely phenomenal of uh, what they've been able to do. Uh, but it just, like, their offense is just so bad. I think Mr. Trubisky gives them more of a chance at winning. But if he's not healthy and Nick Foles has to play, the Bears, I don't think, have a shot at winning this game. I, really don't, I don't think they have a shot at winning this game. Uh, and obviously, it's going to come down to if Chicago can get a turnover, give, give the, Bears a, uh, the Bears' offense a short field, or or just get uh just have the offense get going in some way. I just don't see it happening uh against against this uh Green Bay defense against with especially how bad the offensive line has been for Chicago. I just don't see a lot going for Chicago's offense in this game. And I think the defense is going to play the, play their hearts out. But it's not going to be enough because the offense is just so bad and Aaron Rodgers We'll have a uh, well. He'll have a he'll have a good game. He'll have a really good game. He'll have a typical game against the Bears, I think. Where, or especially lately, where I think he's going to do just enough to win. I think he's going to get he's going to get sacked a couple times. He's going to get hit hit a lot in the game, but I think he's going to be able to pull it out at the end uh, and win the game against the Bears, just because the Bears' offense is absolute garbage. So I got Green Bay winning twenty four. To 19. So we'll move on to Seattle at Philadelphia. I got Philadelphia winning 24 to 21. I know this is a huge upset. This is probably the uh, biggest one I'm doing. Probably the biggest one down here in terms of upsets. But I like Philadelphia in this game. Uh, I really do. I like them in this game. Philadelphia's pass rush is the reason. I'm picking them in this game here. All right, they're second best in the league at getting to the quarterback. Seattle has allowed the third most sacks in the league. Russell Wilson's going to hit, hit a lot in this game, and it's going to make a difference in this game. Uh, Philadelphia's pass rush will get to Russell Wilson. I think he'll ca- they'll cause a turnover in this game, and uh, the balance that we've seen from Seattle last week, I don't think it will be there this week. Uh, I don't think I don't think it will be there this week. Uh, I think Philadelphia is the yeah their eleventh best against the run. They're going to be able to slow down Seattle's run offense and make them one dimensional in the passing game. And we've seen Seattle not do as well when they're one dimensional in the passing game. Uh, and that ju- and that would just allow for Philadelphia's pass rush to pin their ears back and go after Russell Wilson. And they'll g- and this game's going to be a good game. I think if people think it's going to be a blowout. This game's going to be a close game. Philadelphia has kept these games close, uh, and I, the Seattle, uh, Philadelphia's defense is going to play really good this week. Obviously, the question goes to how, what Carson Wentz are we going to get? Are we going to get the confident Carson Wentz, where he's throwing all over the field, making incredible throws? Are we going to get the Carson Wentz that we've seen the last couple of weeks, where his confidence is shot, and uh, it just seems like he just needs a new change of scenery, he needs to be out of Philadelphia to get back to his old ways. But Seattle's defense uh, is one of the uh, is, is the worst passing defense in the league. 
It's the worst passing defense in the league. This is this can be a confidence builder for Carson Wentz. Uh, the throw over this defense, you got Travis Fulcom, you got uh, Alshon Jeffrey, you got Jalen Rieger, uh, you got you got some weapons. You got Greg Ward, who's been okay, uh, but you got weapons on this offense uh, that are healthy right now that I think can do just enough to pull out a wing at Seattle because I think the defense is going to give. Uh, Give Philadelphia's offense just a chance to pull this one out. I can be, I can see it being twenty-seven to twenty-one, and then Carson Wentz going down, scoring a game-winning touchdown. I can see that happening uh, in this game. Miles uh, Sanders, I don't think has to be a big part in this game. Seattle has the Seattle has the fourth best run defense, but if he's able to get a couple big plays, maybe get a couple fifteen, maybe a twenty-yard run in there, uh, can get a couple of those plays in the game. Uh, I think Seattle is going to be a lot better for uh, Philadelphia. It's going to help them a lot better to pull this one out. And I just like Philadelphia's matchup here. I really do. I like Philadelphia's defense. I think they played they played really good this year. And their pass rush has been gaining the quarterback. Seattle has allowed a lot of sacks this year on Russell Wilson. And I think it's going to put Seattle behind the sticks. It's going to force them to punt a lot in this game. And I think it's just going to keep giving chances for Philadelphia to come back in this game and win it. And I think Carson Wentz will be able to do that. So I got Philadelphia winning 24 to 21. And thank you all again for listening uh, to this week. I I've, I did this on Wednesday. It's going to come out today, uh, probably around like five or something. My uh, internet was shot, so this might come out in two parts. So you might get like a 15 minute one and a 10 minute one. Uh, so just make sure to look for those two parts in there, uh, because uh, just in case if you saw that, if you listen to this one first, because you don't have to really listen it in any order. It's just me predicting games. So, uh, just make sure if you're watching this one first, go back and look at the, uh, first one. Uh, my internet was messing up and I don't know if I can get them together, uh, into one episode. So it might be two different episodes this week, uh, like a 50 minute one and a 10 minute one. So, once again, thank you all for listening. Make sure to like it, share it, uh, rate it five stars, and comment if you have any criticisms. Uh, I'm always open to criticism. I'm always open to making this a better listening experience and uh, more enjoyment for you all to listen to. Uh, So, if you have any criticism, just let me know uh, in the comments, wherever you listen to it at. And uh, make sure to have a good Thanksgiving. Just make sure to have a good Thanksgiving, whether however you're doing it. Uh, just make sure you're having a good Thanksgiving, and make sure you enjoy your family uh, that is able to come or does come uh, to Thanksgiving with us. Just make sure you all enjoy them and have a good time. So, thank you all again for listening. Have a good Thanksgiving, and I will see y'all with the uh, Week Twelve recap. So, uh, have a good day.